spidey senses tingling. the host that took the early lead in the race to the concrete and this year's PK Meetup 4. He's slim. This is the Paper Keg Podcast, episode 197. Welcome to the show. Three friends talk about the books that they read and then they'll do a book club to close out the show. That book club, volume three, Usagi Yojimbo. And then we'll read your letters to close out the show live. Letters at paperkeg.com. There's three living hosts of the show. One host, God rest his soul, no longer with us. Rest in peace, Mark. Silver Fox, VP of merch. He puts all. He puts together our meetups, our shirts. Uh, he used to run the Facebook until he retired. RIP our Facebook page. Uh, Dale underscore A, welcome back to the show. Thank you, uh, Slim. It is great to be back. You know, Wednesday, new comic book day. It's a rare treat that we should go live on the same day comics have come out and barely have a chance to read said comics. Um, I am still riding high, fresh from our PK meetup, road to 200. Uh, you know, the... I don't even know what I was going to say. <laughs> Dale, can you comment on the huge surprise you have planned for episode 200? I, no, I can't comment because that would be alluding to any to anything at all. And that's, I mean, how, who's to say I even have anything cooked up? I, I don't have time. Back, back two years ago, you know, however long it was, my son, my one son was an infant, barely moving, barely causing ruckus. And now he's, you know, fully fledged xenomorph. I have two of them running around the house now. There's no time. VP of xenomorphs, Dale underscore A. Thanks again for being here. Jonesy loves beer. Is the other living host. He is in rare form. Just this rare form tonight. Something he's he's coked up mm-hmm. on something. Coked up on chai tea. I don't know what it is. <laughs> You're a writer. You. Are a writer, and you're back with us this week. Welcome back. I have, you know, I, I always notice that Dale has like six or seven official PK titles, and you scrounge to come up with a writer mm-hmm. every week. So I thank you for yeah. that. I have composed uh, somewhere north of twelve thousand official tweets that are in the Library of Congress. I'll have you know. So he can, I'm published. He can compose a heck of Finally. a Twitter DM. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> I think half of your tweets uh, are just links to time hop links. 
you know? It's got, like, the percentage has to be over 70% mm-hmm. of my Twitter. It's, it's circular. Days. Yeah, it depends on the day. Yeah. Yeah, there's no worse feeling in the world except maybe, like, a swift kick to the nethers when you open up that time hop and it shows no activity, no activity, no activity. Mm. Why is that a bad thing, Gen Z? And you're like, so what do I even compose today? Why bother? I usually just turn, roll over back in bed. I ask my infant son to feed himself. Mm. My toddler, rather. <laughs> just go feed yourself. You don't even know how old your son is. I'm going to lay in bed with the window open and the curtains just blowing. Your son's still stuck in, in a time in the wind. Infant. He's he, he no he's not he, he's, if there's no time of hop of him why even bother getting time out hop, of bed? Time hop That's stresses me out. I get to see all the awful things that I was saying years ago. Oh, I know. Me too. The, thing, the things I was going through in life. I'll tell you what. One of my favorite pastimes now going back and deleting tweets. Love doing that. Get rid of them. Good grief. So do you use time hop as the vehicle to get to those tweets? Yeah. Sometimes I'll just wow. type something in Twitter.com with that word delete. Delete, delete. Good Boy, grief. you're planning for some future on some daily show. Listen, listen, your whole life is out there on Twitter. You know? Dale, your whole life is out here on this podcast. All those terrible remarks you used to make. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, nobody has ever, no reason. Nobody go, nobody go back and catalog Thanks, this, please. <laughs> Episode 200 is around the corner. We're on the official road to 200. The survey will be linked in the show notes again for you to vote on what should be the episode book club, which I think we will probably shut down next Sunday. Yeah. I think we'll shut down voting, give us some time to read it, and I'm going to shock you right now. Last week, Jonesy put out some kind of, you know, reward, like dead or alive, Baltimore, you're coming with me. He wants people to vote for Baltimore. (laughs) He's parlaying that into buying Baltimore for some rando, and it's still tied. It's tied. Baltimore and Saga wow. are tied for the episode 200 wow. book club. Shall I tell you who is now in the running as of this moment for the Baltimore Baltimore contest? If you'd like to do that, you're more than welcome to. Assorted noise on the Twitter. Wow. Friend of the show, Bex Gordo. Add custom, karate chop, man, very exciting. My personal favorite, irrational beers. <laughs> I get a kick of that Twitter name and uh, letter writer Brad Weller. Seven people wow, that's, in the run. Those are good gosh. odds. Those are real good odds. Those are real, real good odds. Now you're Baltimore at yeah, Baltimore. You're gonna buy them, Baltimore. You're gonna sign it destroying its value, and then mail that to them somehow. Uh, I'm going to go to the CGC booth at Baltimore and request a zero rating. That probably costs you $200 just to request that zero rating. The people want the whole package, Slim. Not just, you know, my hand-me-downs. They want official documentation that this happened. You know, the meetup was last week. Boy. Amazing meetup. Mm-hmm. We were there. Nobody hit the cold concrete that I'm aware of. I don't know. Though Gen Z was there until I remember there was a period of time Gen Z stopped drinking, refused shots. I turn around and he's doing like eight shots. No, <laughs> there was nobody twisting That's, his arm. That could be very Let, possible. Hold on. Let's establish right up front that there was a friend of the show who may have traveled from out of state with the express intention. Of getting me to that concrete. 
I mean, we had some emergency art by Catcher, Race to the Concrete, check our Twitter page, Paper Keg. And let's be honest, I had to stay away from that bar top because if I didn't, there would have been some damage done to both my liver and the concrete in front of Coco's bar. And I respect them too much as an establishment to do that. I don't even know what that statement was trying to convey. I mean, you did do a lot of shots after you, you said I, you weren't going to. You stopped to, drinking cannot, for 20 minutes. You took yeah, a 20-minute break. I cannot confirm any more than a single shot. I don't think I did more than one, I think, for the record. Let's go is, there, the is it because your wife might listen to this? Should we, do we, should, we, should we go Twitter dark right now? I, you can, you can, my wife can listen, and she will know the truth, that I was sober as a judge. Right. Of course, what kind of sham of a marriage do you have that you're trying to stitch together over there? <laughs> grief. It feels like there's you're in some kind of weird uh, 1960s movie Time marriage up. where your wife, you know, it's like an unspoken. My husband goes out and gets ass faced, and we just never talk about it. We just pretend. <laughs> we pretend that no, neither of us know, but we both know the other person knows, and it's just a sham. I sit in my bark lounger with my pipe and my. Uh my yeah. house coat yeah you go out at oh, 10 o'clock and you're like honey i'm gonna go uh go for a walk and then you come back eight hours later <laughs> it's just smashed mm-hmm. out of my mind smashed. i'm glad that's what you think my life is slim thank you <laughs> just like, uh gosh. i do want to say i met for the first time a couple people uh at run mike d host of the uh the skyrimatic podcast very good friend of our show he's gave us quite a uh, few shout outs on that program uh, thank you for coming in person i'm glad you wish death on no one on your way mm-hmm. uh i met uh bex gordo for the first time in real life uh she is a dynamo firecracker of a person uh very nice to meet her and i met who did i meet for the first time see it's it's a blur yeah wow. it was so much fun paul That's the bartender remember him Paul the bartender, best friends now. Uh, I, you know, we, we like each other on Facebook. Uh, let's see, what else? Who else did I meet for the first time? Am I missing anybody? I don't know. And obviously, there's a, there's fragments of the night that are missing in action. Dale, do you have any? What's a personal highlight from the evening for you? We're running out of tape, but we, I, I do want to get some some meetup yeah. talk in. Um, Ed, the, the meetup was just a fantastic time. I mean, the bar was very conducive for conversating. So dare I say, because of that alone, it was the best meetup. Oh boy! Yeah. So far. Oh yeah. I until mean, the next the, one. Until the next one, yeah. I mean, Coco's just came through by not basically not playing music, and it really helped us. It helped me because I go deaf after a few drinks, and uh, a very exciting coordinating with the comic book shop to gift us a uh, death miniseries hardcovers amazing my gosh thank you to yeah, him amazing gift that was great we opened that up at the uh the meetup karate chop from boston there it was amazing amazing time he's an old friend him. at this point karate chop yeah hopefully everyone I mean, can make it to the pool party meetup which i mean mm-hmm. could be just months away yeah i mean just would just ask you know bring your own suntan lotion if you're into that sort of thing and in fact, bring your own pool and place to a party. If you need directions, Jonesy will probably could uh, Twitter DM you my address or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, it was a, it was an absolute fantastic time. It really was. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Anything else we want to cover before we go into the actual comic talk? Uh, I think that might be it. Uh, I got one more thing. Oh, at Joker's Asylum. Let me tell you, that guy's the real effing deal. 
met him at the uh, comic shop before the meetup. Uh, he's the he just wrote us in and uh, was trying to egg on his wife uh, Rachel, I believe, mm-hmm. in in the letters. So uh, you know he thanked us uh, for that. So Rachel, if uh, you're listening, he's still a great guy, and you just treat him right. Podcast matchmaker, John Josh Tudor. <laughs> The match is already made, but if I can just help it make it a little, a little tighter. I'm, I'm you guys, uh, you guys were able to beat Josh too. At oh, the that's right. oh yeah. yeah, Josh was pretty bad. A too. Mm-hmm. He's another listener that I haven't met that has uh, been friendly with Dale for quite some time. I um, thought he had to uh, meet him in person. His story of how he realized that you were at the shop was he was listening to the podcast and then went into the shop and recognized a voice. And as he went back to the <laughs> yeah. car, he realized you were in the shop. Also, which I thought was pretty funny. That was a very flattering story. He loves he loves the show, and uh, we love him absolutely. Jonesy, what did right you there. read? What did you read this week, please? You know, very rarely do we get to witness a modern masterpiece, but that's just what we're getting in this week's Southern Bastards issue number eight. The final piece of the puzzle of Coach Boss falls into place. We find out that he, spoilers, fast forward 30 seconds, in order to become the coach of the Rebs, he kills his own father for the local mobster, and he installs him as the head coach of the Rebs. That's how much he loves football. He's willing Man. To commit patricide. That's a huge spoiler. I couldn't even bow out of that spoiler. I'm in the same chat right now. <laughs> and I am not you caught up. Even fast forward I'm seconds. not caught up on Southern Bastards, so I'm just going to throw this tablet in the garbage. I guarantee by the time you get around to catching up on Southern Bastards, you will have forgotten that tidbit of information. <laughs> uh, fantastic book, and the ending, the tickler on the end of this issue teases that somebody is going to come back and reckon with the coach. You know, I and just it's not who you think. I just got done watching Empire Strikes Back. Spoilers, <laughs> Darth Vader is Luke's father. Oh, why did you not warn anyone to skip 30 seconds? See, I gave everyone in the world the courtesy of, "Hey, this is going to be a big spoiler." You know, just hit tap that button on your phablet or iOS device. And you were like, no. Nah. <laughs> terrific, terrific issue. Southern Bastards, modern masterpiece of Southern horror. Uh, Jason Aaron just, he's got it, and boy don't know when to quit. Um, I I kind of was hoping that, I don't know what noise I just made. It was, Kim. <laughs> I was hoping that I kind of didn't care about this coach segue, this like storyline that jutted off for like felt like 10 issues. I kind of just wanted the daughter stuff to kick off right away. I don't even care if the series lasted 10 issues total and she just killed everybody when she came back. But I'm assuming that's what you're talking about. But don't, don't spoil anymore, please. <laughs> don't continue to break enough. your heart in pieces. He's had enough. <laughs> I will break you. I'm crying spoiler uncle right now. <laughs> All right, let's see. What do I want to talk about here of the two books that I read? Let's get, let's get into it. Hopefully it's not one of the books that Dale read. I hope so. Gosh. Ooh, boy. Uh, Dale, I read, let's just, let's get into it. I read two other books, The Unmentionables I read, and also 
UFOlogy. Did you read that one? I did not. Okay. It's on my list. James Tinian. You know, friend of the show, in that we talk about his books a lot. <laughs> has a new book out and it is enjoyable. Starts out with these these two kids go to the same school. Actually, I kind of almost don't even know how to describe it. Something happens to these two kids that brings them together in this small town. And it's written in such a way that it reminded me of the Babadook movie. A lot of the Babadook movie was like emotional backstory set up for these characters that made you give a crap about them. And 70, 80% of the first issue was just kind of slow moving conversations they've had them walking around and doing things that are integral to the story at a later time. And I really enjoyed it. There wasn't a whole lot of filler. It was 24 pages and it felt it, it took as long as me reading two issues of any other series. Uh, it was really good. The lettering is really interesting. It's kind of, it's not all capitalized letters. It's almost like a hand, like it feels like obviously hand lettering and it's not, you know, the first letter of a sentence capitalized everything else, lowercase. I really liked it. The art was really cool. Um, the, it has to do with some kind of extraterrestrial event that happens at the end. So of course I'm all into it. You know, ghosts. I'm into ghost adventures. Check it out on the travel channel, please. Zach Bagans. But um, great first issue. I really liked it. Highly recommended. Love the art. Loved it. That's that's cool. That's a Boom Studios, right? Is that Boom? Uh, let me uh, quickly scroll to the cover. Boom is uh, quickly yeah. ascending the charts with Cluster. Yeah, so Adam... Cluster was see. really good. Artist was Matthew Fox. I don't believe any relation to the actor. Or, or maybe it was him. Good one. Guy, Jack from Lost. Squirreling away this talent for all these years. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew. How much money do you think he pulls in from Lost syndication? It, did they ever make it to 100 episodes? Is that in syndication? Uh, yeah, that's definitely over 100 episodes. <laughs> six, five seasons, six seasons, 20 a pop? Uh, I don't know if they had 20 episodes per season. No. No, shortened. Where is writer strike season? I'm looking it up there. on Wikipedia. How many, you got it? You got yeah, it? I'm, I'm loading it up. Don't you worry about that. I'm not worried. Uh, let's see. Wow. Shocking. 121 episodes. Mmm. Blix. I'm going to delete this from the show. Vindicated so. and yeah. it feels get this, some Get good. this part too. Like, yeah, it's gone. Dale underscore right. audio. Silver, Fox, VP of merch. You know, there's yeah. rumblings of you yeah. recording some new sounders for the show, which I think we should readdress at some oh, point. Man. I cannot wait. Maybe for episode 200 we'll have something ready. Oh, oh man. Start uh, start the next 200. Uh, you know, are you in a right book club? Th- we yeah. are. What did you read this week, Dale? I read something that I, you know, is, it would come as no surprise. But I read because of an article on a website that I can't remember the name of. I went back to the Buskives <laughs> <laughs> and I read Astro City. Mm. One half. Books. Oh yes, God. Which was 
a free story <gasps> included in Wizard Magazine, believe it or not. And it is 12 pages long. And it's about a man, Michael Tenisic, who uh, at first slowly and then daily dreams about this woman named Miranda. And the way Busick writes it is, I mean, she he is in love with this woman, Miranda. He knows everything about this woman. And, he go, and Busick goes so far as to describe like how you know that he knows her. It's like, how it's he's not just dreaming of her and her looks and you know them kissing it's like he knows that she likes roasted garlic on her pizza that she smells like apples and you know flowers because of the shampoo she wears he knows all these super intimate details about about her and he can't get her off of his mind he's taking pills to kind of you know help him sleep and it's it's affecting his work. He can't get her out of his head. He's completely enamored with this woman. He has no idea. He's he's like calling his parents. He's calling old classmates, asking if anybody remembers this Miranda chick. And one night, he's pretty much at the end of his rope. The hangman pays yes. a visit to him. And the hangman was uh, first introduced when we read it in the uh, Shadow Hill story. Mm. Where he kind of like patrolled Shadow Hill area, which was completely amazing, God. And the Hangman kind of helps him have a vision about exactly why he's having this visions is because fifty, fifty or sixty years ago, there was a, a supervillain that was a time traveler. I believe he was called the Timekeeper. He dressed like a referee with a whistle around his neck. I like I mean, him Astro City, so on point. And the All-American foiled his plans. He looked like uh, Joe Namath. He looked like a football star. And, you know, he went to prison. He got back out. And the timekeeper's like, that's it. I'm, gonna, I'm going to make it so these superheroes were never born. And then I'm going to just rule the world. So he invents basically time travel. And he, like, has a run-in with... The Time Lords, basically, a, a race of you know the Watcher esque being that controls time outside of anything you will ever even understand, and they clash, and they get into a they get into a big time, and the Hangman basically explains that because of this huge fight, um, the superheroes that eventually caught wind of it was able to put time back together but there were some things that fell through the cracks and they couldn't they can never be reassembled because of uh the war the time war that happened and one of these things is Miranda this lady Miranda in the time stream before timekeeper messed with time was his wife so uh. he's dreaming back out uh, dreaming about this woman Miranda that's his wife, but he will never ever know her. Kurt Busick. I think that's regarded as one of the, if not the best Astro City issues ever. Mother effing Kurt Busick. Twelve pages. This this story. Only he could convey so much in twelve pages. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I believed that he knew Miranda 
when he with the, the line about the roasted garlic like how did he know she like roasted garlic on her pizza it was just like that that said so much i wish kurt busick was my spirit guide if you if if someone wrote your comic book to your life Jonesy, would kurt busick write it uh, written by Kurt Busiek, drawn by Carrie Andrews. Uh, just an amazing <laughs> oh, volume. Uh, backups by our friend Chuck Forsman. Eight-page backups. Charles about Forsman. When I, about when know. I come back, Revenger style. I mean, not that I have it all planned. I'd out, love to read a Chuck Forsman uh, Revenger variant starring Jonesy Lospeer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this just in. How do I give him my likeness and uh, life rights? Uh, I think that's to get just free. Jonesy, that's just free. Likeness uh, well, rights. Uh, likeness rights is free. <laughs> Got by that. So, so like the last page or two of the story is the hangman. Basically, after all this, he's like, Michael, I can't return her to you. That's not. That's impossible. But I can make you forget. I can help you forget. And he doesn't want to forget. Beautiful. That's amazing. Uh, the hangman's like, I can take all this away. Mm-hmm. It's like, but then who will remember her? Just me. Right. God. God, Kurt Busiek. I feel like smashing this equipment in joy. <laughs> I'm I so know. touched that I've heard that story. I want to break the uh, the first channel of my mixer so only the right channel works. <laughs> also, isn't that, that's free too. I think you can just get that on uh, the Comixology. Disclaimer, I work for Comixology. Yeah, I, I know. a little. I, I remember tonight. reaping some huge Astro City sale, so it was already in my library. But if it's free, you people have no excuse. Get out mm-hmm. there. And, and I mean, even in the 12 pages, there's a scene where he's like on the payphone or something, and in the background, in the air, are supervillains and superheroes like battling it out. So it's complete Astro City, be- real beauty, Clark. There's probably a glory real shot beauty. of Samaritan in there. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Lightning round. Two sentences or less. Another book that you read. Jonesy loves beer, please. DC Comics presents Convergence, issue zero. Oh, boy. Friends, listeners, DC Comics fanatics, there has never been a perfect time for you to jump off of every DC book and never read it again. <laughs> Lightning, why do you even bother? If I was a D, if I was a hardcore DC fan and I attempted to listen to this podcast, <laughs> I would want to strangle Jensen to death. I know it's just any. I, I, I'm Did you honestly person. think you would enjoy that issue when you sat down right, and tried honestly, to read? Two words: Dan Jurgens. Remember that time where, you tried to read Multiversity been? and you thought you would enjoy that? I have never gotten such a uh, what do you call that uh, backlash from friends in private messages and tweets since I badmouthed Transmetropolitan and lost half my friends. The Unmentionables. Great book. Said no one. By Jack... Said no one. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Dale's DeVitriol coming out. By Jack Teagle. Pro wrestlers turned bank robbers. I'm in.
Forever. Lightning, this book was made for you. The Punisher, number 17. Nathan Edmondson and Mitch Gerads. Frank Castle. <laughs> and Captain America, the Falcon, duking it out in Arlington National Cemetery. Some of this imagery in this book is completely gorgeous. I was off of Punisher for a while, but now I'm back on again. Baby. Lightning. Remember when that book started, he looked like a happy-go-lucky John Hamm as the Punisher, and it was great? What now he looks that? like a hairy Tom Strong. Yeah, what happened there? So I don't weird. know. I don't know what happened to there. I loved reading that book, him in that diner, smiling, you know, laughing. Yeah. Being all yeah. sexy. And then it all went down the tubes. Usagi Yojimbo, volume three. Third time. This, this could be the first time I've ever gone to a volume three on this show. Outside yeah. of Hellboy, I think. <laughs> outside of the the Hellboy we did three weeks ago <laughs> and I just realized that I misnamed our little YouTube hangout but Jonesy what is Usagi Yojimbo volume three of Usagi is a true convergence if you will uh, the groundwork that Sakai was laying in volumes uh, one and two uh, basically establishing these great one-off characters and just straight-up world-building finally comes to center stage in this volume. Uh, a couple key characters like uh, Gensuke, the rhino, the bounty hunter, is back in this volume chasing uh, the blind pig, Zatoino, both who had single-issue, sometimes double-issue adventures with Usagi are featured prominently uh, in this volume. Uh, but the story focuses on a rival samurai lord who wants to make a play for the shogunate, which is like the supreme military commander of Japan. And uh, Usagi's sometimes love interest, Lady Tomo, uh, is sent by her uh, master to kind of be a lady spy and kind of get all the info on this uh, evil dictator. So through a lot of happy coincidence, kind of like the end of the marching order from the last volume, all these characters start coming together because of this Shogun, or this Shogun wannabe uh, and because of like a dark gathering storm, which is a pretty great artistic metaphor of the state of Japan is this this thunderstorm that's affecting everyone. And she is captured. And as she's captured, Usagi kind of gets wind of it. So, and I, I, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention that uh, Shinjin, the ninja clan lord from the last volume, is also featured prominently as a casual uh, antagonist to Usagi. So these key characters are all forced to come together uh, in order to... Say, essentially save Japan uh, but really 
calm the gathering storm. And kind of each character has to look for some kind of peace inside themselves in, a for, in order for the volume to continue. And the volume does something that's not typical for a story like this, but it gives us a full 22-page epilogue, which I think might be the best issue in this run. It's it's an incredible story filled with Stan Sakai's just insurmountable art and some of the best... How do I want to put this? Some of the best, like... Uh, Talmudic, I think that's the word, storytelling, uh, Storytelling, which, you know, story with a moral, but it really points you in the right direction. And uh, volume three, I didn't think it was possible for a volume of this book to surpass my love of volume one. And volume three might have dethroned it because this was just all that you want for Unusagi instead of just the one-off stories, which are great and what the book is known for. But it finally came together in a five-part arc that gave a lot of meaning to these awesome characters we met along the way. This episode brought to you by the tapped remains of my eardrums. Maybe we should do Legend again for the Vampire <laughs> Podcast. Can I just question? Can I just maybe take this song and put it on a loop for a half hour? And we'll play that. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, Josie, what you said is all true. Zato Ino is a fantastic character, and he deserved all the screen time he got. Oh, I did want to mention... Uh, the the volume numbering because there was some confusion internal as well if you are looking at um, the actual sequen- sequential numbering this is volume 3 it's issues 13 through 18 but if you're looking on say on Amazon for some reason it's volume 4 I don't know what is in the first volume. first or second volume of Usagi uh, as far as trade paperbacks go, maybe it's like a collection of best ofs, but this is, uh, it's definitely called the Dragon Bellow Conspiracy is the name of the arc. Yeah. Volume four in trade and in digital, it's volume, it's bundle three. Digital, yeah, Digital Dark Horse has it as volume three too, and I'm, I was curious why, because it, it seems like maybe they did the Hellboy thing where they did kind of that collection of backups as like a volume two or one. Yeah, yeah, it's very possible. And did it out of chronological order or something. I don't know. Was this volume at Dark Horse at this point? Uh, or has I Dark Horse was just with, republished everything? It was at Fantagraphics originally, but I don't know. Dark Horse probably did the the new versions. Probably what's on Amazon. Okay. Yeah. Regardless. Irregardless. Regardless. I... I, I I literally finished it maybe 20 minutes before we started recording. 
I pulled the Dale underscore Ray. And I don't know if I have a ton to say about it, but that's not a bad thing because Mm -hmm. it was just the Usagi Yojimbo that we fell in love with. And I'm just so satisfied with that level of storytelling that I, you know, it, it kept that pace up. And there was no kind of like immense high point. Like I tweeted one screenshot that I really liked. There was no euphoria while I was reading it. It was just a continual, you know, mm. 70 miles an hour, enjoyable, you know, comfortable read. And I, and I really, I really loved it. Yeah. I, I was, I had those same exact thoughts and it made me wonder about, you know, continuing on another series like this. Like it's an amazing series, but what we said about Sansakai's art is true and it holds up. So we kind of more or less maybe have to concentrate on the story aspects of it. Mm. Um, But you're right. Like this is definitely probably going to be a short book club, but it's not a bad, it's not going to be a bad book club. I mean, basically Usagi in, in a, in a convergence of storylines Usagi teams up with a clan of ninja, Zato Ino, the blind swordsman with a wooden pig nose, Lady Tomo, to this all-out insurgents against the the Shogun. And it's a a fantastic story. I mean, Zato Ino, oh, and the Rhino, I forget what his name is. uh, Kensuke. Gensuke, yeah, he is, he's after Zatoino, and Zatoino is so funny, he just wants to be left alone, and he's like, maybe he is an outlaw for whatever reason, I don't remember why he might be an outlaw. Yeah, neither do I. But he's such a nice fellow. Yeah, all he wants I, to do is, is be left alone, live a tranquil life, he's got Spot, the little, uh, like, dinosaur pet that Usagi had, following mm. him around, amazing, the, like, some How of my about, favorite... Parts of that. In? How about that moment at the end of the volume where Spot sacrifices his life for? Yeah, that we know. Yeah, that was awful. That was terrible. That was I awful. felt so bad for his little neck. It got you know so ringed up that it even stayed ringed up, like right at his death. Ugh, God, poor Spot. But the the that moment, I was really shocked. I didn't expect that to happen. But some of my favorite moments were when Eno and uh, was it Gensuke or Gen Gen. Gensuke, the rhino, maybe again. Uh, the rhino had been tracking the pig for the majority of the run because he wanted to collect the bounty on him. This blind pig, samurai, swordsman, and eventually they're intercepted at the same time as they're about to do battle by Usagi, who recruits them for this battle, this big assault on this building. And they team up, and there's this really great battle where you know they're they're kind of. They're fighting at the same time. They're you know they're back to back, side to side. They're putting their differences aside and for this kind of greater bounty, so to speak, because they're all fighting for something they want. the The pig wants freedom, and the rhino wants a big juicy reward. And the pig at one point, you know, sacrifices himself to save the rhino, and it was just really great moment. And it was like really powerful seeing that them like change gears, their storyline in this battle. I thought that was probably my favorite moment of the whole book. I, uh, the art, uh, in that scene where Gensuke and Zatuino are fighting, uh, what I love 
so much about Stan Sakai's cartooning is there's a scene where they're running parallel in the grass. It's like a, I want to say like a, a classic anime moment where two people are fighting and they're kind of like strafing and the word swish is made out of grass and these two streaks mm-hmm. that they're making in the, uh, in the field. And that just, it felt to me that splash page, like I could actually see them running. The art was so well done. The, I, I liked that there was so much more than just Usagi. Usagi was a very small bit player in this greater story of that was going on. He was maybe a quarter to a third of the whole book itself. I mean, Gensuke and the Rhino and, and the uh, the Zatoino are, is like half the story, and then Lady Tomo's drama is is another good chunk. And I really liked how. You can kind of it branched out from just wandering Ronin Usagi to these characters that he's he planted seeds in previous arcs for you to love enough to follow for their own storylines that happen to intersect near the end of the arc. But it's it was very it was just cool that they all have like these personalities that, and you're all rooting for them in one way or another. Mental note before I forget, we should do uh, the second volume of Lone Wolf and Cub. Oh, yeah. I don't know why that fell, by the, fell by the wayside. But what was so crazy is that I had got, I'd only read the two volumes before this, but I was so used to the anthropomorphic aspect of it that it was just, you know, lost in a blur. That when there was a character that appeared that was a snake, I almost pooped in my pants. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a talking about the logistics. snake wearing you know this like samurai kimono and i was like what the heck it's a talking snake and then i was like oh that's right there's a talking you know rabbit there's a pig and a rhino (laughs) so i guess it does kind of make sense do you think it was hilarious they had this huge shoulder pads and no arms (laughs) (laughs) yeah how did they even get them to stay up (laughs) there could have been a whole backstory of just him trying to get that thing on (laughs) (laughs) oh i i do have a question for you as uh fathers both now, I, and it's no secret on this podcast that I love those digest size Usagi uh, Dark Horse reissues. And I just imagine one day that me and Jack mm. curl up Your on a big, comfy Barker Lounger and read them together. What do you think age appropriate for Usagi? Because there is some degree of violence, although it's not what you call graphic. <laughs> yeah. What, what do you think? Five, six. I I do question that because there is just it makes me nervous because there is just talk of like the word death. Like clearly, if even if there's no real violence involved, you know, is that do we know dies spot dies and it's talked about in the dialogue. It just mentions that he's dead or something, and that just like makes me nervous. Like I don't even know how to approach that subject. So what you're saying is order all the. Digest sizes for myself, and maybe one day he'll read them. Yeah, let that's them, all. That's all the confirmation I need to deal. Let them watch something on TV with their friends and figure it out, and then you can go to them and and read them <laughs> after. <laughs> maybe maybe let them watch a Total Recall when they're way too young to watch it, like me. <laughs> yeah. I can't even give a answer to that James watches the Transformer movies. We watch the Simpsons every night. I ain't got no room to talk. And he just sits and watches the YouTube app all day long. Who knows what he's watching on there? Uh, 
Thank you for no help. Are you on that uh, the kids kids YouTube? He l- he would marry that YouTube kids app oh, if he it's could. It's so wonderful. It is so wonderful. It's probably one of the best things Google's ever made. Mm-hmm. He he could Hands lose down. an entire day on that YouTube kids app. How the videos just queue up afterward. He watches kids just building train tracks and running trains, that building cool. uh, Lego sets. For the record, I would watch train tracks. <laughs> But the, yeah, I mean, it's just funny how there isn't a whole lot to say. And maybe, maybe this means this is probably the end of Usagi for the show. I don't know. Or for Mm -hmm. at least a long time. But there's just not a lot of new things to discuss. And that's not a bad thing. I think it's still great. But I I do miss those. I do miss those kind of single issues from volumes past. Of course, I always say that about any book. Yeah, but the is... the metaphorical, you know, philosophical Usagi issues are my favorite. Yeah, they're beautiful as a whole. I mean, gosh, remember when he was at Baltimore Comic Con, Jonesy? Oh yeah, and let me tell you, he, I got the Usagi. We both got the Usagi art book uh, at that Baltimore Con, and he took the time to do an Usagi sketch in every single book he signed. He did. He didn't cop out. He didn't say my line's too long. I can't do it. Every single person got a a nice moment with him and a little Usagi sketch. And the only thing he asked was to donate to his charity. I think to help his wife. I mean, class act, class act, Stan Sakai. I was happy to support anything that guy does. Good stuff. Usagi yo Slimbo, yo Jimbo. Volume Hashtag PickleNift. <laughs> I'm excited. There's a there's a huge PickleNift opportunity in these letters coming up. Oh, that's right. Huge. Right. Let me queue it up here. Huge. Huge. We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. You, you know what, guys? Bask in this sounder because it might be the last time you hear it. Oh, come on. We still have three, two episodes to go. It might be the third to the last time you hear it. Letters at paperkeg.com. If you want to shoot us a letter, we might read it on the era. We're basically promising 200 episodes, so after that, we could stop if you guys. No, I mean, if that option is out there, listen with it. We got to talk about no, it. No, no. I, re- I recant my statement. You've <laughs> taken too far already. You know, I. I'm really excited for Dale to refresh these sounders. Like, chomping at the bit, excited. What? Like, I, I just, I want to know what music he's gonna pick. <laughs> I want to know if he's gonna sing. Uh, and like I said in the previous episode, I have had the opportunity for a musical video sent to my phone where Dale sings "Starship," and it's amazing. Uh, first letter from friend of the show, Brad Weller. His subject is Baltimore. And he writes, voted for Baltimore, need those singles. Ooh. <clears throat> That's an official letter that I just read, and uh, I'm going to get my comeuppance in a couple letters, so don't worry. Next uh, next letter goes to friend of the show, at Very Exciting. Josie, if you want to scroll down there. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> listener lightning scroll. round by the famous, uh, the famous segment. Now famous by uh, at very exciting on Twitter. Um, Death, the deluxe edition hardcover. 
Neil Gaiman's Death of the Endless's solo adventures include the Eisner Award-winning Death, The High Cost of Living, presented in beautiful deluxe hardcover format. A book so good, I bought three of them for you with the help of the comic book shop in Wilmington, Delaware. Happy 200 episodes, guys. Thanks for the years of free entertainment and making me sound like I know what I am talking about when it comes to comics. Uh, signed ad, very exciting. P.S. Uh, don't feel you have to review the book, even though I wrote it into the survey, or give it a positive review if you do. My favorite thing about your podcast is that I don't always agree with you, and that opens my mind to new and different books. P.P.S. I also voted for Baltimore. Day one. Yes. Yes. Uh, our next letter from live in person, friend of the show, came to Coco's. His name, Ren Mike D. He writes, hello, gents. Congrats on a successful meetup at a bar that no one in Philadelphia knew existed before Saturday. And I hope, hopefully we don't give them too much press. I know. Hopefully it's uh, Paper Keg's best kept secret. <laughs> it seemed the perfect location to get drunkenly engaged, which is the only way to make a serious commitment. It was great to meet everyone and completely offend Amenity in the first three seconds by calling her the troll instead of queen of trolling. Simpler. Uh, I was stunned how Jonesy and the hipster barkeep bonded over Bell Biv DeVoe and other classic hits. Uh, surprised they didn't hop on the bar or break into some sonnet about the pleasures of whiskey and wild women with their arms draped over the other's shoulders. Uh, I expected Dale to be older and grayer. He is definitely a young 50. Uh, I troll Slim, but I'm afraid he'd break out his proton pack or EVP thingamajig and capture me in a muon trap. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> What the F is a muon I trap? Is that real, Can, Slim? Slim, what is that? I'm not going to dignify him with a response. That's, <laughs> That's step one. <laughs> on, a, on a comic front, I read volume one of Southern Bastards, and it reaffirmed all my fears of roar people. I'm definitely going to keep uh, going with it. I sincerely hope you didn't listen to tonight's episode of Red Mike D. <laughs> yeah. Because pretty much ruined it for you. <laughs> uh, you want me to read that one? Um, no, I'll read it. It's just uh, Paul Paul Puck. Next letter from Paul Puck, who uh, is the the book writer, paper cake book writer. Paul Puck. Um, <laughs> we're, if we can't edit these, Dave Finn. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not a good result. edit on the fly uh, guy. But speaking of which, how is Dave Finn? He hasn't written in a long time. Is he okay? He's dead. Is Australia under some kind of attack that he can't? Read? He was. He yeah. was actually in Hong Kong for work the past couple weeks. What so this guy? you know, he's guys busy. Uh, he's probably he reading uh, Deadpool versus Cable again. <laughs> he he didn't vote for that on the Paper Cake 200 yet though. Hello, gents. Uh, hope you all recovered from the meetup. I tried to make an impromptu visit to the meetup, but I'm afraid my Amazon purchase history, some unfortunate use of keywords, and an overzealous TSA agent were my downfall. I should have known things were about to get rocky when he, when I, when he said I had crossed the line with a definite emphasis on the word crossed. It didn't help when asked about my travel plans. I mentioned a meetup with some new friends I met on the internet to discuss the Manhattan Project, the Bunker, and Fear Agent. The fact that I only knew them by nicknames and refused to divulge, even those were the last straw. I managed to block out most of what happened next and can even sit with minimal discomfort now, so I think I'll recover. Word to the wise, though, if you even suspect 
you're on a no-fly list pre-lube before heading to the airport. <laughs> on the bright side, I am now current with the podcast with a few weeks to spare before 200. It was a wonderful ride, and I can't tell you much, how, how much I love the shows and the group's friendship. I feel like a silent friend in the room as I listen to each show. It's going to be hard to wait a week to hear each new show now, but now I can try to read along with the book clubs and try to catch the live stream. I can even catch up with the Nerdist, Nerd Poker, and all the Kevin Smith podcasts I've been neglecting. Another benefit is I now only have one new book to buy each week. My hardcover collection has spiraled out of control with Fury Max and Wasteland, Mm -hmm. the apocalyptic edition, arriving this week alone. Joining Fear Agents Volume 1 and 2, Saga Deluxe, Chew, The Sixth Gun, and literally dozens more. Holy crap, I am. That's got good taste. Envios. Fury Max Hardcover, what? Uh, that uh, Wasteland Apocalyptic Edition is pretty great, too. My wife has not been happy. I may have to start buying the book clubs off of Comixology to avoid the withering looks as eBay <laughs> and Amazon boxes arrive almost daily. <laughs> Thanks again, I, and I owe you all more than a few rounds at the bar. Paul Puck. P.S. I have an Xbox One and even own Titanfall, though I have never really played it, so if you run across an idiot in the game jumping for no reason and shooting himself in the foot, it is mostly me. Or Dale underscore A, because I can tell you I am... <laughs> Paul Puck, you are hereby invited to the Pickle Nift. You just Absolutely. let us didn't know. even give us his gamer tag. What's he thinking over there? I know. Oh, Paul Puck, uh, come on, man. Come on, it's Joe Ziggles Beer, uh, Dale underscore A, or I'm sorry, underscore, just underscore A for his gamer tag, and uh, Usagi Yo Slimbo. I think uh, I, I made a drunken statement that still holds this day that my fifth all-time book is Fury Max. I think that, That's I think right. that rounded out the top mm. five. That was some mm. good conversation that night, oh. man. Our next, our next letter. <sighs> and I'm, I'm going to read it. And uh, I'm going to read it, all right? Do you want me to read it? No, I got it. It says, uh, from uh, the uh, uh, host incumbent... Uh, at Naminity, she writes, I guess guest hosting twice disqualifies, disqualifies me for the Baltimore vote. That's cold. See if I ever vote again. Now listen, Naminity, I'm going to put you on the list, but I'm not going to do it for you. I'm going to do it for me. Okay? Your name is on the list. I don't want you to think you had any influence over me putting you on the list, because you didn't. But I, your name is on the list, and you're in the drawing. I just want you to know it was for me and my own edification, and I was in no way intimidated by your email, and in no way do I feel immense guilt for forgetting mm. the fact that you did vote. Wow. That's been thoroughly explained. Thank mm. you. <laughs> I felt like I had to make a stand against myself. That's what a it. show. That's the letters. What a show. Usagi. Usagi, you are amazing. Next episode we're going to the dc archives we have to make it right jonesy's negativity will not stand (laughs) the new frontier next week cannot wait i just fan skyvert all over my table (laughs) that guy didn't even do anything (laughs) yeah random Random dc DC artist hilarious (laughs) Green Lantern DC. What's wrong with Van Skyvering? I just like the guy's name. Get it all out now, Gen Z. The DC fans (laughs) aren't going to stand for this. 
I, I give you a no troll guarantee oh for the next episode. Oh, boy. You. We'll see everybody next week. Spoilers: Some of our some of our uh, all time downloaded shows are DC books. What? Stick that in your negativity craw, Jonesy. Our uh, new Fifty Two Swamp Thing still reigns supreme from the summer of PK. Wow. I think I remember Slim being pretty negative about that volume. No, were you not? I was negative about the BKV volume. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think even BKV BKV will tell you that it was junk. Yeah, he he um he wrote down some of those notes in his field notes notebook that he got from me. You guys uh, get a chance to read anything else? No, no, no That's time. Oh, I read Rage of Ultron. Did you? <clears throat> That's a whole graphic novel. I do another podcast that has now moved to Wednesdays, so I have to weasel in some books. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. Before the ten a.m. Before 10 a.m. when we he record. He is just chomping at the bit at pulling the plug. It's going he just, do, 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 do. That's us flatlining down. Uh, one thing that wasn't, you know, in the pre-announcements of that book is that, yeah, Rome, Savior, didn't actually draw the whole thing. He drew 80% of it. Why? It was like oh, a really? secondary dude that did some scenes. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of a mm. bummer. Hashtag uh, death throws to 200. I, I I didn't want to be positive about DC based on your trolls at the end of the show, but I really enjoyed the Batman and Robin annual. Did oh, you? I was, yeah, I uh, Dale, it's right up your alley. Is it? Uh, the basic plot is, um, you know, Damien's reeling that he, you know, he's lost his powers, kind of back to normal. So he goes up to the Watchtower to hang out with Batman, and they detect. Uh, like a power surge from the original uh, landing capsule from the moon landing in 69. And they go investigate it and there's some shenanigans. It's really good. How about the last line of that book, huh? Yeah. Hmm. I, uh, I'm i not going to lie. When they were st- that splash page when they're standing together, father and son, looking at Don't the spoil Starscape, it, Josie. Come on. I mean, Come on. How's it a spoiler? Don't spoil it. It spoils what, nothing. But what did you feel, Josie? I felt... Really good about myself, my relationship. Jokes on you, Dale. You already popped my eardrums early in the show.
hard stop. Speaking of which, uh, we'll have to figure out a recording schedule for you know the great vacation of 2015 that Dale and I were on a Facebook chat for <laughs> for uh, 300 messages that I missed out on later. Oh today. man, I, it's I I I wanted to quit Facebook mid facebook message conversation <laughs> i wasn't able to look at it for a period of three hours and there was a, a week and a house booked by the time i came back to the chat room yeah it was that's how i felt from last night to this morning too and uh, my wife's like did you catch up on i'm like no wait i have to work sorry we invited jonesy but he he said no to come down what? so when are you guys going September, pick a week. early September, early September. It's at the same week I'm going to Boston, September fifth. Yeah, I'll be in Boston that week. Phew, you cannot go to Boston. Thanks a lot. You <laughs> just want me to cancel the trip? Thanks a lot. <laughs> just cancel Jeff it. Jeff is not on Facebook anyway. He wouldn't have been a part of the whole planning process. See? I'm okay with that. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> you guys want to? If you guys want to be all, you know, upper crust about it, you guys on your Facebook. Oh Maybe us poor folks oh boy. can't afford you, Facebook's oh free. Gosh. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a free app for that iPhone 6 Plus in your hands. Mm, I love that thing. Uh, I have to listen to that tech smoke where you guys tell me why Android's the best thing ever. Yeah, you're waiting. You're waiting for those reasons chomping, to switch, aren't you? The bit. I, hope, uh, I hope it's 10 completely different reasons. <laughs> I hope you guys don't agree on any of them. This is going to be like you... Talking to you and again on Xbox One. Ten months from now, maybe you'll get a, <laughs> an Android phone. Now, there's just some things about the iPhone that I don't appreciate. Hmm. You know, maybe I'm maybe I'm looking in other windows, and that I just fear that so much of my monies have been in the iTunes system. What am I leaving on the table if I switch? You know, mm-hmm. yeah. movies, very real fears, music. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's scary. Scary times we live in. Scary time to be alive. (laughs) (laughs) But Uh, I'll tell you what's something I'm looking forward to. The PK Lancaster trip. Oh, boy. Mm. It's been a long time since we heard this classic. Patrick. It's been 50 episodes since playing this. Has it been? I do how it's possible. Didn't we have some grand scheme where he was going to come to the last meetup and be like the official mascot? Lower the volume. I can't no. stop it from playing. <laughs> I mean, you could lose an. 
you could lose an hour just looking at Patrick Hernandez videos on YouTube. I've done it before. <laughs> you really, you really, really can. You, the, from the 50,000 different live versions of this, because there's only this song, and then the various cuts of this video, the studio cut. Yeah, the, him singing it live 30 years later, mm-hmm. doing the yeah. same non-dance moves <laughs> with with the one with Jean-Claude Van Damme in the same video <laughs> I just found one like it looks like he's at a disco he's at disco something and there there's like people coming up and dancing to it and they're like amazing. oh my this is amazing yes we yes. might just have to wrap the show up just so I can dedicate my night to this it's good to be alive 